Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the City Connect podcast with me, your host, Prince Carl. Um, I didn't do a YouTube video on the last two podcasts, but I felt that it might be a good idea to do a YouTube video on this one because it's not like every day that you're going to be sitting next to one percenter, like insanely hot girls. So um, I've hired them to be here. They're basically just arm candy, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and and so, we don't have brains. We're not a thought. Okay, this is this is what, this is the first question I want to ask. Yes. Um, and try to keep your levels. You know, watch your levels. Watch your privilege. Well, you don't want to be in the red. No, you you want to be. Do you see this little range right here? You want to be like right there, like okay. Like that, 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 you know what Got I mean? it. Okay. Is this good? Well, let me get great. That was, Woo! That was too That's much. good. That's good. Okay, so this is the question. Um, I was thinking about the how some things are probable, are possible, yet h- highly improbable. Mm-hmm. The uh, statistical chance that I would actually exist is extremely low. Okay. The statistical chance that both of you would exist is extremely low. But the statistical chance that we would all be three here together at the same time is like infinitesimally small. Mm-hmm. So the question I have is because because like it, 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 it was it's possible that it could happen, but it was the the chances statistically are so small. Does that mean that there's some sort of like a destiny or like a a, a plan for the universe? Like the, it, it was supposed to happen. I don't know. I'm more empirical. So what do you mean by empirical? Well, there's a book called "You Are Not So Smart." I forget the author but it's just basically logical fallacies i don't know it's not really destiny it's more of just whatever you create and whatever you do is there it's just kind of like i don't know if it's destiny i don't know if it's fate but then again i'm also spiritual so it's weird i go back and forth with being empirical and spiritual if it's destiny great but i also feel like getting things done requires action and so you have okay. to take steps in order for things True. to happen. You create your but own I destiny. do think that you can put thought into something and manifest something, but that takes action. I just don't think that you think something up and that things are supposed to happen. I think you have to make things happen. Right, right. But again, like the chances are so, so, so small. Like I'm going to talk real quick about how I'm going to build a billion dollar business, a trucking and logistics company. The chances of that actually happening are very, very, very small. But in my mind, the plan is so well laid out and I'm so dedicated and focused and I'm literally working towards this goal every day that I have no, I have no doubt that it actually will happen. Statistically speaking, but statistically speaking, a, 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 a PF Chang's waiter who used to be a Lyft driver will probably not have a billion dollar trucking and logistics company. It, it is extremely yeah. small, but it's I know that possible. it's going to happen. It is possible, but it's not probable. But that's why I'm saying, like, me existing is not is possible, but it's highly improbable. Yeah, statistically, you're probably not going to be a billionaire because even millionaires don't become billionaires. It's okay, like, cool. what are you going to do? So and what that's are the a great a- what's the actions that you're going to take that's and the steps you're going to take to make that 
achievable. You know um, what I mean? It's kind real of like, quick. I'm going to answer Cassie's question and, uh, I'm glad that she set that up. And, um, I want to introduce these, uh, beautiful young women who I have no idea why, uh, they're here on my podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> because now here's the thing. Let me explain that one. When I was in high school, I had, I was, I was, I was a pretty good looking guy in high school and I had a lot of young women that, you know, they liked me and it was like kind of this little, you know, fan club, a little posse, posse, you know, my friend likes you, my friend likes you, my friend likes you. And I was like, I don't know what to do about that. Like I I was just like, uh, okay, cool. I'm attractive. I don't know what to do. So I basically, the girls would look at me like I was, I was, I was kind of always been a loner. Like I am a loner. Like I don't really have any friends. Little strange bird. Well, no, not strange. It's just, I, I'm a solo act. Like I'm going to start a business, but it's, I'm going to, I'm not going to have like a bunch of partners and we, you know, like, I'm just, it's going to be me and the people that are working that it, We can't do something like that alone. You need other people. No, no, no. You, you absolutely do. But the people that are in that capacity, it's not like I'm going to be like, call my guys up like, Hey, let's start a business together. And then, okay, that's stupid because you know, if you start a business with someone you've immediately cut your ownership in half. So, okay, so what I was saying in high school is I was basically like, the girls would look at me and they'd be like, you're really good looking, but you're not cool. So I've, all, I've never really felt like I'm very cool. Do you guys think I'm cool? Yeah, you're like, cool. I'm not, that really, I'm not really that cool, though. Well, it depends on how you define cool. You know what I mean? Like how many people... I don't think Savannah thinks I'm cool. Bill Gates. I don't know where you're going with that. My, what I'm, what I'm <laughs> saying is the, 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 the idea I had of myself in high school of being like this loner that like women wouldn't like, it's still, it's, it's still going okay. on today. Okay, well, it's, it's what weird. about Bill Gates? I'm sure that he was a loner. Yeah. And he didn't think he was very cool in high school. And right. now... Look at how fucking cool he is. Yeah, he is cool. You know, he's cool because he's a leader. And um, first question is for Savannah. Where were you born and what time? Like, when and where were you born? Like, what's the beginning of your story? I was born here right in Santa Monica. No way. Yeah. St. John's Hospital. Are you serious? (laughs) Do you remember remember that girl named Jen that was a hostess? Do you remember? I painted a, a painting of her. Anyway, she was born in Santa Monica. And I was like, no way you were born in Santa Monica. Like, that's crazy. Like, no one's born yeah, in... Like, who's born here? Yeah. So, what date? What time? February 13th, 1990, at approximately wow. 2.03 p.m. I was born at 2 in the morning, too. No, p.m. Oh, p.m. No. Okay. That's... So, you're 30. Yeah. That's great. How does it feel to be 30? <gasps> It sucks, but it's also... <laughs> no, it doesn't suck. God. Wait, wait, wait. It doesn't suck. Come on. It's Well, no. Okay, for what? me... <laughs> well, there's like a stigma about like around turning 30. Right. That's why they have like... They don't have dirty 20 or dirty 40. They have dirty 30. Can I... There's a whole... Th- I, I actually thought up the whole thing about that. Exa- <laughs> about exactly what you were saying. Um, the last concert Nirvana ever performed was March 1st, 1994. On April 5th, 1994, Kurt Cobain went back to his home in Seattle, blew his brains out with a shotgun. It was very traumatic for me because I was in high school at the time and that was the biggest band, like the biggest band. Like 
I almost got to go to a Nirvana concert, but I opted to go to the Pearl Jam concert instead. Terrible mistake. But he died at age 27. And so there's also Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. Yep. Jim Morrison. Help me out, guys. Dead at 27 Club. Let's go. Who's that? Is that Jim Morrison? Janice. Oh, that's Janice? Wow. Okay, anyway. so this is, this is the question. I Oh, Amy Winehouse. I'm sorry. Um, the question I have is, did these people, somewhere around age 25 or 26, think to themselves, I'm, I, I'm realizing the, my, my own fatality. I'm realizing the own terminality of my life. And I'm no, no longer 25. And I'm 20. So then they got to, hold, hold on. So they got to 27 and it's like, maybe it was kind of like a drug suicide or no, maybe they just happened. No, what is it called the 27? There's what? something that's, um, do you know what I'm talking about? The curse? Yes. There's the, when you. There, so it's a curse. 27 is, fuck, what is well, it called? Well, most famous people who have committed suicide or died were of age 27. You know, if, but why? Okay, everybody what is it, what, look is it, it up. because they don't want to turn 30? No, like look it up. It's 27. I forget no, I exactly, don't. but there's a whole thing around being 27. It's like the winter or something, or I forget. It's look it up on Google. I don't know. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. If I did, I would have probably come it's with so it. It's so weird. There, there's a band called Dead at 27. It's yeah, like this 27 thing. is an age where you either it brings you down or you that, go that's, out of it. That was my question. My question was do you at age 27 think to yourself, I don't want to be a 30-year-old rocker and I don't want to be living the 30-year-old life because that means getting old. So you just get super depressed. Maybe. Is that what it is? Well, I think it's not just rockers. It's people, everybody. I mean, I know a lot of people that have, like, they fall their eyes out at th- on their 30th birthday. But for what? me, like, I... I didn't ball my eyes out on my 30th birthday. Yeah, I, I, it's different for men. Well, okay. Than it is for women. All right. Do because we men? have biological clocks. Okay. Men don't. That. I do. Oh, I smell like a spray tan. We don't smell like anything. I smell like a spray tan. It's awful. Wait. Yeah, spray tan. It's kind of like a spice. pumpkin it's awful. spice. Ugh. It's like a pumpkin. Do you smell the pumpkin spice? It's terrible. I smell spray tan. Have you ever like smelled some of these armpits? Just because like you're really into them. Yeah. yeah. I've done that. I've, yeah, I've totally done that. I want to talk about bride okay. napping before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bride napping. Because I what, have like, to go. When are you guys kicking minutes. me out? We got to talk about this. Ten minutes. Oh my god. So we. This is being a quick podcast, guys. We're only 14 minutes in. I know. Bride napping. Um, check it out on a Vice um, on YouTube. This is a real thing. This is Kyrgyzstan. It's a cultural thing where if you want a bride, you have to bride napper, and you basically get your groomsmen together, and you get your minivan. You go out and you find this woman and she's going down to the water well to get the water and you just throw her in. She's traumatically bride-napped. And the weirdest thing is that she then is taken to her wedding venue where her mom and like the whole family is there with the wedding dress ready to go. Like, put the wedding dress on. Stop crying. You're getting married right now. And she gets married. And she gets married. So, so this is my question. Why? A lot of these marriages work out. I'm but but do they why. work out because the woman is in an impoverished situation and has no better options? Or is it just kind of like maybe she forgives the guy? Like, yeah, you did bride not me. That was totally not cool. But, well, okay, I, you, you know, say like impoverished situation, but is the man that she's married, are these rich men? No, these are like losers. I have something to say. They have, they're obviously insecure because they so bride their wife. No, I have something to say. Go. So in India, there's arranged marriages and I don't know the numbers 
exactly, but arranged marriages usually work out better than, um, I guess, consensual marriages. And that's because I think back in the day, um, like 100, 200 years ago, you didn't have very many options in your small little town and you married whoever was kind of there. And you know, it's not like we're nowadays in 2020, you get to shop around for numerous people and figure out who you're in love with. The more time you spend with somebody, then you genuinely end up loving them. So arranged marriages, it's like, yeah, you might not love them right off the bat, but it's an arrangement and the more time they spend, they work through it and then they're happier. They're happier and like they did a study between consensual marriages and arranged marriages. And in the first five years, consensual marriages are more happy than arranged marriages. But then in 10 years, arranged marriages are more happy. So I think that because just culturally, since it is a thing, bride napping, that that's whatever, if that's what it's called, I think that it's more acceptable and it's kind of like an arranged marriage, even though it's really fucked up. And yeah, right. It's a traumatic arranged it's marriage. It's fucked yeah. up, but it's like the women just kind of have to. But can, can I, 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 do you, do you have something you. to say about this? Cause I have something to say. I just, I think. I mean, does that logically make sense? No. That does make sense. You're basically saying this is an arranged marriage with a traumatic beginning. Yeah. Because I mean, which, which it's, I mean, you it can't is, not have to get into marriage. it. Like, what are you going to do? Like say no and then be murdered. Like, right. obviously these guys are going to kidnap you. It's like, what are the women supposed to do? And how are we to say that they're okay with it? They just are doing it. So they don't die. Same way in the middle East that there's all these whatever they can burn their wives or whatever and it's like mm -hmm. mm, are you happy they're just like yes and because they don't want to be murdered so it's like yeah how do you even know if that's even real that they're actually happy you don't really honestly yeah you, these, these well, women you, are terrified they're we're like we're looking at this you know? from our cultural lens in the united states where a man and a woman should mutually come together and it's a celebration And maybe of they're not even traumatized. That, maybe they're happy. Maybe they're walking down by the river being like, man, I really wish I could get kidnapped and married right yeah, now. Yeah, like I want to get married. Because I'm poor and I need, I, like I want somebody like, maybe I'm going to wear my best fucking saran wrap and fucking get Like please kidnap me. Like, please, like who's, like, who's going to kidnap who me Who knows? Today? We don't know. Culturally, it's just like, it's a big mystery and it's like we could analyze it all day, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's so... I okay. Out let there. me let me say something because I know Savannah's got something. Do you have something to say? Because I'm gonna go. No, I have like cocaine brain. You know where people are talking and you're thinking. There's too much going on. You're thinking. Okay. You I'm like, I'm gonna say that, and then you. I mean, cocaine it. brain. Okay. He's never done it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, never I done forgot. Um. <laughs> okay. But I lost my train of thought. Okay. What I'm. What this is what <laughs> I would say. As a man, I would. I would. Okay. Back in high school, I. I have to admit, I cheated. In Miss Harknett's English class, I cheated my ass off, and I got an A in that class. And I never, I, I will never look back and think like that was a valid A. Like I, I earned it, and I earned the stripes to get that A. I will always doubt the credibility of that A because I know that I cheated. So I would feel as a man, like if I bride napped a woman and it did work out, I would be like, yeah, but that's just kind of my Achilles heel. Like I don't think she really would have ever loved me had I not bridenapped her. Like, I sort of cheated my way into this successful marriage. I was waiting to see how you're going to tie those two together. But culturally, <laughs> culturally, they feel entitled. Like, they, they're like, 
They don't care if a woman is into them or not. It's like they feel entitled Who's and that a woman the should does? be... Yes. Oh, because he owns the woman. That he owns the woman. Yeah. They don't care. It's never this mutual like, yeah. women are oh, property over there. I so. want... To, yeah, they're property. It's like, it's it's culturally, like, that's not even a thought to them. You know? It's not like, oh, I hope this person also loves me. It's like, no, I'm entitled to this thing. And it's kind of like a dog. Like, oh, this is my dog. I'm going to buy it and it's going to yeah. love me. Yeah. Regardless. It's... Yeah, you, dog has no goddamn choice. Yeah, he, you're feeding the dog. Yeah, and the, go, the dog's going to love, love you. you. And so it's like, we think that, but how do we actually know? Like, maybe these dogs don't love us. I mean, yeah, based off of, like, how they treat us, but maybe wives have to treat their men really well out there, even though they well, fucking uh, what, hate them. What's kind of sad, too, and I saw this working at the psychiatric Does this make hospital. sense at all? Yeah, no, that, makes, that makes perfect <clears> sense. But what, I, what I'll say is that, unfortunately, I saw My nose this... is crooked. I broke it. So I don't like looking at it on film. Is it really? Yeah, I have I to get know. it fixed. I broke... It's like the no, I, I broke it two and a half years ago. I'm getting it Okay. Um, <laughs> so... Where's the... Where's the... Squirrel? Half extra. I have... Uh, I have done some artwork. But, you know, when we, like, touch base <laughs> on a subject... We should comment on it because then it's like a podcast. We're like exchanging views. Can, oh, can I get this thought kind out of here? Kind of like all no, over the Can I the get place. this thought out? What I, what I noticed, this, unfortunately, I've, I've learned this firsthand getting punched in the face of the psych house that violence is a, is, a, is a part of the human condition. I'm not a violent person. I've never been in a violent household. Um, but it is, it is part of who we are as primal you know, people. So I saw people in the psych house and they had this sort of power struggle back and forth. And then one guy punches the other and then all of a sudden the guy who got punched is subservient to the guy who, who punched him but why are and we so using saying, psych people that are because that are that they're they're straight from the norm they're, they're, no they're not they're, they're people nonetheless they're, they're primates like they are so but they're not primates because they actually skew from the norm so you're using a, not the right well they're they're people at the most deepest you want an intellectual podcast and that's intellectual okay. you're using well, somebody don't argue with the prince on the podcast well let me let me just let me just tie this together <laughs> I'm supposed to conform to all the um, ideas. I think that the violent act of bridenapping the woman altered her mind to to like love and be subservient to the man. And I actually, one of my ex girlfriends got into this relationship with this guy who would beat the shit out of her, choke her out. She would call me saying like he. He's going to kill me and I want him to kill me. Like, it's really screwed up stuff. And I said, all right, I'll, I'll drive over there with my van. I'm going to rescue you. I'll pack all your shit. We'll go over to your dad's. It's over. And, like, she had this sick, like, attraction to this guy who just beat the shit out of her. And I was just like, this is so screwed up. You know I, that's a thing. They're like, it is a thing. It's, it's, it's sad. Victims of, like, domestic violence end up going, even if they get away, they end up going back. Yeah, that was like her. Like she, the guy was in jail. The cops broke in and arrested him, and he was in jail. And I was, I told her, like, he's in jail. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna be Superman. I'm gonna save you. We're going to your dad's house. It's over. Never look back. It's gonna be great. Like it's fine. And she's just like, no, I can't do it. I miss him. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, some people are addicted to toxicity. But it's, it's sad. Okay. um, Okay. Can you? What else should we talk about? <laughs> what what did you what was your impression when you first met me, and how old were you? Um, I think I was eighteen, mm-hmm. and I thought you were hot, and Thank then you. I thought you were weird. Perfect <laughs> assessment. That's a big compliment. Or if you say I'm crazy, that's a huge compliment. I would love that. 
Okay. I thought you were crazy when I first met you. Really? Yeah. Why? It's like, who is this guy that loves my best friend? Yeah, I do love Cassie. <laughs> so, what happened after that? We met. Remember when I, you painted that picture of her? And I have it in my oh, yeah, I just drew one right now. I literally just drew this yesterday. But she doesn't you, like, like this one. You, dropped it at my... Do you like <laughs> that or no? Oh, my God. I love it. The, the story on this I one... I just don't look pretty. Well, this is what happened. But I look exotic. She, um... I mean, you look like a different ethnicity. She, People think yeah. that I am. And you look bald. Wait, wait. The story on this one was... I was like, hey, send me a selfie. And she's like, no, I'm so depressed right now. I don't want... I just... Uh, I'm like, I don't care. It's actually care. a pretty good picture. I was like, please just send me a selfie, even if you're depressed. And so, so this is what she sent. So... I love it's it. Just, I knocked that out in like 10 minutes. Show them. I did. I look this, so ugly that I don't want you to ever look at this podcast. Wow. I hate no, what I Do you think that like. you look good right now? No. I don't. That's, I mean. I, I think you look perfect. No. You know what I, the most frustrating thing is about your face is your eyebrows. Because like the, most people's eyebrows have like an angle or a curve. But yours have like this weird like curve angle. Thank and you. And so your eyebrows are... <laughs> frustratingly perfect they're 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 seemingly simple yet frustratingly complex mm. which is a perfect metaphor <laughs> is this mine for life for me i'm getting like attacked by this couch like i feel like this couch sucks your life in. it's great <laughs> it's good it's so how, how long until i get kicked out um 10 minutes um, I just want to say, did I tell the story about how I felt like I wasn't worthy? What was your first impression of me? Uh, first impression of you was you told me, okay, my first impression was you were just like this radiant, like positive, sweet energy, gorgeous smile. <laughs> and it was, okay, this is, this is really funny guys. I want to tell you this story. So I would work at PF Chang's on a Sunday and I was... A father of two small children, uh, unhappily married, obviously, and I was wearing a wedding ring. And so I would go to church with my children on Sunday mornings, and I was actually one of the chaplains of the church. I would distribute communion, <clears throat> sing the homilies, uh, offer the benediction. Like I was like the assistant pastor, like in a robe, full white. This was like a religious <laughs> thing for all of these families, all of these Young families were there, and I'm like giving communion. I'm like this official thing, and they really liked me because I, I did the job well. So I take off the white robe, and then I put on the P.F. Chang's attire. And then I go, <laughs> I go to P.F. Chang's. So, uh. And it's literally a, a complete contrast because I'm not wearing white anymore, and I'm wearing black. And it's just complete debauchery, sexual harassment, just absolute all out. People doing drugs at work. There were people like having seizures at work from doing drugs. It was a wild, it was a wild time. I wonder if you were ever my waiter. Probably. I most likely was. I'm going to PF Chang. I mean, not anymore because it's gross. But I mean, you would have known me. I would. I don't think you went there in the time period that I worked there. Your nails look really good. Thank you. All natural. Um. Okay. So that that was the experience. And so I was like, basically, I remember thinking like I was flirting with Cassie. I remember thinking like I was just at church like a few hours ago, in a white robe, and now I'm here with my wedding ring on. 31-year-old father of two kids flirting with an 18-year-old girl. Like, that makes sense. You were, like, like that, mean that to me totally then. Worked. No, it wasn't. I yeah. Was never mean to... I what did like... I say? 
I feel like you were mean. I was like, what's the deal with Carl? And Boys like, are mean when they flirt. Have you never yeah. been in a sandbox with a boy? And yeah, I wasn't school? used to it. I was just like, what is this guy's deal? Is it like, you're ugly. Secretly, I'm no, it was just kind of like, yeah. it's almost like he was like, you think you're fucking cool and hot and you're stupid. Kind of like when you're mean when I don't respond. That's kind of how he was when I met him. I was like, why well, are you mean? Well, uh, let, me, let me say something. Um, if I have been mean or toxic, it's probably just as a result of trying to get your attention to get, to keep the conversation rolling. But so like, sometimes I'm like, damn, she's not texting me back and you know, I just get depressed and I'm in my room alone and nobody likes me. Cause like I said, like, I don't really have any friends. Gets the attention. And so then boom, get the attention. Now we got the conversation rolling again. But I did, I have to admit that I have a lot of free time because I'm a, I'm actually an instructor. I teach guys how to drive a truck. So 10 hours a day, like, I'm just sitting on my bed, like, watching Netflix. I have nothing to do. And, you know, my guy does my driving. So I look back on our text, like, all the way back to, like, 2018. Wow. And it was, like, literally the sweetest thing I think I've ever written. And I was really proud of it. So, oh, yeah, it was really sweet. And at one point, I think I gave you an eight, like, eight things, eight bullet points on how to start a cult, which was really funny. <laughs> there was some really, there's some really good stuff in there. Maybe we should just publish that. I think so. See, what I like about you is that you are like, you live outward, like you're, you're high profile. Like you would love it if like we went outside and, and paparazzi photographed you. Like you wouldn't be like, oh shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I've dated other women where it's like, I'm always the one that's like, you know, attracting attention to myself and selfies and all this crap. <laughs> but what I like about you is you're definitely not, you don't shy away from the limelight. Is that right? I mean, yeah, I love it. I've been telling her you guys need to publish a book of just your text threads. You know what? Check this out. This is to the podcast. I actually thought, back in the 90s. I feel like my nose looks crooked on this. I've never thought that in a million years. And I've I've painted you like eight times. No, well, you haven't painted me since I broke it. What? I broke it. Stop bringing attention to it, first of all. I did not notice a thing. I know it's subtle, but it makes a difference on film. Okay. Back in the 90s, guys, I went to high school from 1993 to 1997 when you guys were born. born. And we did not have cell phones. So the way we would text, like, girlfriends and stuff was all handwritten. Yeah. Now, that's way more heartfelt, right? Wouldn't it be way more heartfelt if I wrote these sweet, like, texts with my own handwriting? And then you, like, you would recognize other people's handwriting. Like, you would see a document and be like, oh, that's Savannah's writing or that's Cassie's writing or that's my mom's writing or that's my aunt's writing or that's my... Dad's writing. Like, I knew everybody's handwriting. What the hell happened? Yeah, when you had to memorize someone's phone number to call oh, them yeah. I, online. I, yeah, I had like 20 members, you know, numbers memorized. If it weren't for my phone now, I'd be dead. <laughs> um, oh, go ahead. We have three minutes. Just okay, three minutes. Leave. Three I minutes. I have to leave for my appointment. Can we stretch it to five? Four and a half? Okay. Thank you. That's a, that's a negotiating <laughs> tactic right there. Yeah. Was, Someone says, I'm only, I only want to spend like $20,000 on my car today. And you go up to, I don't know, maybe 24. So anyway, um, ex-girlfriend of mine, San Diego State, Crystal Fambrini. She taught me so many great things. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But she was a great person. And she has, to this day, she looks fantastic. She, I'll show you guys. She's 41. She's my age. And she looks great. And so she hired this guy named Shiraz, who claims to have made 
Paris Hilton famous and Kim Kardashian famous because he strategically placed photographers all over LA and he would tell them to go here, here, and here. And the photographers would just flash and they go, oh my God, I can't believe there's paparazzi here. I didn't know about this. And basically, I mean, let's be honest, Kim Kardashian calls a paparazzi on herself. A lot of those people do. And, and, and they've admitted to doing that. So he has this thing where you can have his masterclass. You pay him like 5,000 bucks and then he'll like hire these low-level paparazzi people to come out and like flash you. And so she did it. And I'm like, you know, Crystal, if you don't, if you don't like what I'm saying right now, you can come on my podcast because I've already invited you like three times. The, this is a question. Isn't, wouldn't you feel fake? Wouldn't you feel like, wait, I just paid this guy five grand and now he has these fake paparazzi flashing me and it feels great because I'm getting attention, but it's like not really sustainable because you're not famous for anything. So the question is this, is fame for sale? Yeah, absolutely. Market. You just have to Done. market yourself. Done. So, I, for example, one of my friends that's in the industry, I've acted in several more things than she has, but she has marketed herself better, so therefore it makes it look like she has done more than I have. Does she have and fake followers on Instagram? Some fake, but some real. She's from having fake ones. She's obtained real ones. So it's just how you market yourself and it's not real. I don't it, like social media. My girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend has not been successful to this date at making herself a known uh, entity. All right, let's wrap things up. So did you feel I was like creepy because I kept painting you and no, I thought it was flattering. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I have them. I love your eye colors. Thank you. Colors, plural? Well, color. It's like, um, it's green, basically, gray. it's a green gray with a tinge of like maybe turquoise, depending on the right mm -hmm. light. And I've mixed that color like three times. Um, and by the way, the, um, my artwork collection is making it to Texas. Yeah. So. You got to make a new one. I had like, I had like four paintings. I was like stuffed them in the trailer. I did. I just, I just drew that drawing, but you didn't like it. I love it. I just said, I love it. I just well, I te when I texted you too, you didn't say anything, so I took that as like, <laughs> she's not feeling it. No, I think I was just busy doing something. <laughs> I didn't it's even well done. It. It's just not flattering to Cassie. It's not flattering at all. But it's, it's beautiful and exotic, and I but get why you thought. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Like, everything Cassie is beautiful. There's no, it doesn't really matter, like, you know, how bad she looks. She could be like, you know, throw up in her hair, like, you know, smells awful. She's on the street. <laughs> I would still be like, I love you. You're, you're the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in the world. On that note. On that note. We have to go. Wait, can, you, can everyone give someone else a compliment? Can we all compliment ourselves? Carl or, has beautiful teeth and I love them because they're imperfectly perfect. Wow. Do you like my eye color? I do. How would you describe it? Like hazel, I guess. Green. A little bit of green. A little bit of brown. A little bit of brown. A little bit of yellow. A little bit of, yeah. Yeah. Are they? What, why are your pupils so dilated, Savannah? I don't know. It's just normal me. Really? Yeah. It's really beautiful, but it's like your pupils okay. are huge. All right, go. guys. We're going to wrap this up. So thank you so much to these beautiful women. Um, check me out on YouTube. And um, let's shout out your Instagrams. What is it? Cassie Coons? Cassie Coons. C-A-S-S-I-E. Boom. And? At Hannah Vassasaur. And you guys know me at underscore Prince underscore Carl. And um, let's do it. See you guys next. Adios. Love you.